Punk. <laughs> In three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady and joining me as always is, uh, well, they know him as a darn good time. One of Canada's top mortgage brokers, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today? A darn good time. You're a darn good time, sir. <laughs> I'm doing awesome. And whenever it, whenever I hang out with you, it always is a darn good time, especially on these things. How are you doing, Jeff? I am fantastic, sir. Lots, lots going on. It's been an interesting few weeks and all sorts of news and Oh, my goodness. But Jonathan, I want to bring up something that I found very funny today. Uh, not today, but recently. And uh, I love when I, you know, we have conversations before this and all of a sudden stuff just comes to my mind. And, you know, we haven't talked this out. I found something hilarious today, uh, this week. And uh, it's funny because it came up in another conversation with a professional friend of mine. We we're having a conversation about um, people in posing as different people online and maybe not being truthful in their profiles and stuff like that. And she said, you know, you'd think if you're supposed to have these people involved that they'd be connected on LinkedIn. And I couldn't help but laugh because you and I must talk 10 times a day, if not yes, more. Yes, yes, And yet we were not friends on LinkedIn. <laughs> I had to, to use his picture for a proposal and I looked him up on, on LinkedIn and it said he was a second connection. I was like, oh my goodness, that just shows you don't have to be social media savvy to, to, to do what you do in the world, you know? Well, and it also shows that we never had to actually look for each other's profiles online before. Otherwise yeah. that would have come up. <laughs> Anyhow, um, all right, Jonathan, I promised you I wouldn't talk about my politics on this, so I'm going to do my best. Yes. But you certainly know I have my opinions, and I, I have some, some strong feelings about what's going on. Election time and how it's going to affect the mortgage market here in Canada. Now, I do apologize. Some of this stuff we're just going to have to read, and I'll do my best to make it sound good as I'm reading it. But, uh, oh, my goodness, there is a ton a ton of of platforms that each party has released and some of this just looks like i gotta be honest as I'm, I'm scanning it here some of it just looks like one-upmanship but uh and who knows how much it actually get implemented but jonathan i don't know if we can go through all of these in just one podcast this may have to be, be several but as i uh, i'm going to share this with you so that we can both see it as we go by because i really I really want to know the effects this is going to have on the average Canadian more than anything. I love that all these promises are made and how many of them are realistic. We know there's been a lot of, I'm not going to, I don't use the word problem very lightly, but there has been a lot of problems in the housing market over the last few years. Would you agree? Well, the, if the, I'll say, it comes down to lack of supply, and that's what's been driving up bidding wars, been driving up prices, everything else. Yes. So, all right, before we start this, what do you think would help increase the supply rapidly? I really got to build more places. If uh, with, I'll, I'll just say with, uh, with 
let, let's face it, what what's been the driving factor that's that's increased the number of uh, of residences required and that's the, the the top driving factor has been immigration into canada roughly i mean i i can't speak the last year with covid obviously numbers were adjusted and affected uh but previously it's been i think on average two hundred thousand people a year coming to canada Mm-hmm. 200,000 people, if you assume what, what's the, what is it, 2.2, 2.5 uh, people per household, uh, that is roughly somewhere between 80 and 90,000 households needed, new households needed every single year. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I think there's a lot more incentives for new Canadians to live outside of the major urban centers too, isn't there? Well, as far as... Uh, as far as more space, as far as, yeah, there, we know that there are some various programs to encourage people to look to own homes elsewhere. Um, so that, that's been what's been driving, I'll just say, outside, outside the GTA, for sure. If you look at the areas that are sort of an hour, an hour and a half outside the GTA, those areas have exploded in the last year and a half. It's, uh, you know, <clears throat> this is something I've always marveled at, is how in Western Canada, a lot of people have... have been raised with the mentality of grow up, get a job. Whereas yep. a lot of people that come over from other countries were not raised. They were all entrepreneurs there. So they come over and they, they start a business. I find that very interesting. Just that, that dynamic, a lot of, uh, at least a lot of the people that I know, uh, who are new Canadians in my town all came here and started businesses. And it's, it's kind of brilliant. Just that, that subtle mind shift that happens. So I would think it would be easier for them to buy homes uh, long-term, but is it harder for them to qualify? There's different documentation required. So they've got to make sure, obviously their tax filings are up to date and all those other things, but there, and there's different avenues to go through. Obviously, if they've got a business, they've got cash flow coming in. There are, there are channels that can definitely get things done. Uh, the only, the only people who I say business-wise where it becomes very difficult are those who try and run a cash-only business and don't show anything on the books. And we all know why people do that. And uh, <laughs> a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the policies have been geared to discourage that type of activity. <laughs> but but, right. but just just back to the point you were saying about about so many so many people coming to Canada. You're seeing that they're starting a business. And I'd say a big part of that, not that necessarily in their country they grew up in, that that was the, hey, this is how you want to do it. But a big part of the policies that they've been encouraging people to come to Canada, those who will qualify, are those who are more entrepreneurial, more, they're, they're looking for something different, something better. And those are the people who tend to be drawn to starting a business. Yeah, that's so, fair. That's so fair. so it's, it's kind of like the policies that encourage immigration, encourage people who are looking for something different. Yeah, no, that's cool. You know what? I, I, I really like that. There's some some darn hardworking Canadians who come over here and started a new life. And, and you know, especially as we see what's going on in, in Afghanistan and stuff like that, it's pretty darn incredible that our, our country allows that to, to happen and come over here and start something like that for yourself and your family. And it's pretty crazy when you hear a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of my friends who are immigrants and stuff to hear their their real stories. It's some of it's pretty heart wrenching, but certainly inspiring. Anyhow, yeah, exactly. Totally off topic. Um, let's break down some of this stuff because I'm just reading through the uh, the liberal platform here because I don't know it got put up first. <laughs> um, 1.4 million homes in four years. Feasible? With the number of builders who are out there, if the land's available, uh, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be feasible. 
So $4 billion accelerator fund for cities and indigenous housing strategy promised. Oh, this is all like drop down many 2.7 billion over four years to national housing co-investment fund. What is that? Sorry, which one's that? Which one's that one? The 2.7 billion over four years to national housing co-investment fund. They're throwing, money, they're throwing money at somebody. Exactly what that means. I don't know. This, this, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, $600, $600 million for office space conversion. That doesn't seem like a lot of money, but. Well, and at the end of the day, it's to, it's to encourage the switching of offices over to residential units. Oh, but that, really? But, but that, well, office space conversion, but that can that potentially lead to an office shortage? Um, and then additional 567 million to end chronic homelessness, 2.2 billion previously committed. I have, I have challenges with that one. I was like, what are you, how are you going to end chronic homelessness? A lot of those folks choose to live on the streets. Well, and just, sorry, just uh, the, the sarcastic part of me hears that one and says, well, if you're putting in policies to increase the supply, that would actually increase the demand on housing. If. Sorry, say that again. So th this is under the, the increase of supply. If you are actually pledging to have people be, be uh, end homelessness, this will actually increase the demand on housing. Which will make it more expensive in turn. <laughs> yes, the economist comes out. <laughs> Jeez. You that, know, that, that was tongue in cheek said, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. This is what, have you ever read a federal budget? Uh top to bottom no i haven't i did once and it was a liberal budget a few years ago i mean i've skimmed them before but i read that thing and it was it was great how much money they were pledging to this and to that and here and there but none of it any said anything about like taking down the the national deficit and decreasing the the debt load on canadians and i i i realized i'm like well why aren't they worried about this like why why don't they care about how much money we owe to other countries? And that's when I realized it's because so many of the baby boomers have RRSPs coming out in the next few years. And they're like ridiculously high taxed. And that's probably going to cover it for them. Am I wrong? Potentially. Potentially. Or, or they're just building policies that, that future generations will continue to pay for. True. True. Uh, first time home buyers option for shared equity or deferred loan. What the heck does that mean? Uh, so, so that's the, uh, that's the first time home buyers incentive. Okay. Uh, so they're changing it to an option for either shared equity, which is what the policy is or deferred loans. So it looks like they are making a change to that where it can be deferred loan as mm. opposed to. That one's good. Yeah. Uh, increased insurance eligibility, 1.25 million index to inflation, 25% mortgage insurance premium deduction. So you can like write off 25% of the mortgage insurance. Uh, well, that one there or, or reduce the, reduce the premium. I find that one, that last one I find very oh. interesting. So I'll comment on both of these because it's two points there. That last one I find very interesting because if I go back, I, if I recall, it's when the liberals came into power, what was it seven years ago that suddenly they increased the mortgage insurance premium. So now they're pledging to decrease what they've increased. You know, this is where you start thinking about like 
long-term strategy? Was this perhaps something they originally started thinking we can pull this back later and make it seem like we're heroes? Yeah. Um, potentially, I don't know. I don't know what went on or even, or even thought about that, but the increase in the insurance eligibility to 1.25, I, I think increasing the insurance eligibility, because right now any property that's over a million dollars cannot be insured. So you've got to have 20% down as a minimum. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you're getting into especially major centers, I mean, in Toronto, there's very little outside of the condo market. There's nothing you can really buy under a million bucks. Very little you can. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and even the condo, so many of those are a million plus now. So increase that eligibility where higher, higher numbers will still qualify and you can still insure them. I think that is a good move right there. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, what is a beneficial ownership registry? Meaning crime that under crime measures. Yeah, th this is anti-fraud. This, the, these are. I'm not sure exactly what that is. My <laughs> understanding. My understanding, if I were to guess at what they're meaning by that, is anybody who is has any type of ownership in the in the property, any type of ownership interest, has to go on title. Oh, okay, okay, that's cool. Yep. And then new federal crimes agency anti-fraud and money. That says nothing. Yeah, we're going to change some stuff. We're not sure, yeah, but exactly. we're going to change exactly. some stuff. <laughs> uh, financial assistance, double the home buyer's tax credit. So the home buyer, the land transfer tax credit. Uh, so they're pledging to double that. That is, I find that one interesting because that is not something that's typically at a federal level. That is at a provincial or municipal level. Hmm. So they're effectively telling the, uh, the provinces and municipalities, well, with Toronto being, I think, one of the few municipalities that actually charges a land transfer tax credit as well. Um, but they're taking that away from them. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Uh, $40,000 tax-free first home savings account. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is, yeah. Uh, rental tax credit, 15%, max 50 grand, or... 75,000 per for family members. What's that mean? So if I'm understanding what it's saying, so a renovation tax credit of 15%, meaning that you do renovations on your property uh, with, so maximum 50,000 bucks, you do $50,000 worth of renovation, you get a tax credit and you can write off or just a tax credit of 15% of that. So 7,500 bucks. Uh, and then rent to own program, $1 billion. One billion dollars. Well, I don't I mean, know what the rent to own program is. I've never heard of this. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, we know what rent to own programs are, but they're proposing something on a federal level. Well, there will be a rent to own program for those who are renting to give them the option to purchase how that works. I've got no clue. Hmm. That's interesting, although one billion doesn't seem like a whole lot of money when you consider, you know, What's a house cost these days? Six, seven hundred thousand dollars in some of the tertiary markets. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyhow, yeah. Uh, miscellaneous: stop excessive profits in the final uh, finalization of housing possible REIT tax. Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, that will uh, discourage home home builders. Yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's one of them trying to say that eh, we're taxing the rich, but really who invests in REITs? Yeah. Normal people. 
So don't 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 fall for that one. I hate stuff like that. Discourage rent evictions, possible new rental income tax regime. I hate that word. Um, rental income tax rent rent eviction. Oh, that's an interesting term. I've never heard that before. Yeah, but I kind of understand reading it. So it's essentially someone saying, I want to renovate this place. And so they Just evict the tenant to renovate it. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, I think, one of those exemptions where they can do that if they're doing, like, they have to have a family member moving in or something. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, if they see that happening, some sort of, but how to police that, it will take a lot to police that. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, Homebuyer's Bill of Rights, ban on blind bidding. Interesting to see how they do that one. But uh, yeah, we had Triffin Chitis on here as a realtor saying he doesn't think that could ever, ever happen. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, thing to see implemented. That would cause absolute chaos. <laughs> uh, disclosure representation of both buyer and seller by the same realtor. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, well, it is technically already disclosed because if you look at the per- if you read through your purchase agreement, you will see who the listing and the representing agent is. And if it's the same person, you know it's the same person. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I guess I I, not everybody is savvy enough to look for that, right? I mean, d- d- disc- disclosing it is one thing. I think they should actually, personally, I think they should actually put a ban on it because it could lead to, uh, it can lead to some misrepresentation. Just well, meaning, obviously, if the person's saying, well, if I have this buyer, I double dip. So I'm going to encourage this one ahead of other offers. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a problem. And we, yeah, we've talked about that before as well. Uh, right to home inspection. I thought that was a thing already. Yeah, it is. To my understanding, you Ooh, cannot, you cannot okay. refuse a home inspection. Require consumers to be informed of options, including first-time home. But I don't get that. That's pretty much all there. Whoa. Lenders must provide up to six months mortgage deferral for life events. Losing the bank's vote right there. <laughs> all right. Let's look at the conservative here, platform here's, here. I'll, I'll just say the interesting part about that one there is, uh, so it's saying up to six months, a lot of lenders, I mean, this is something that we've spoken about other times, but a lot of lenders, if you're proactive and you talk to the lender, they will do certain things like deferrals based yeah. on what's happening. So, so I mean, lenders must uh, must provide up to six months. So that's that's vague, but uh, but a lot of those things, to some extent, they're there already. Yeah. Oh, the one thing we didn't uh, talk about, somehow I got skipped ahead, there was a two-year ban on foreign non-resident purchases of residential property, excluding recreational. Wow, two years, nobody can be able to buy property from outside of Canada. Yeah, well, I've, actually, I've actually read through a lot of uh, the other the other two uh, the other two major parties, they both have something similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me flip back to this. And then a flipper tax, 100% of capital gains tax if owned less than 12 months. Hmm. That one I agree with. Interesting. It, <clears throat> I think that, that it would certainly I agree affect the quality they're, they're... of stuff out there. Well, what it what it's designed to do is uh, is... The people who are buying and renovating properties and this is their, this is what they do for a living. That's not capital gains. Capital gains is this is something I do for an investment versus this is what I do for a living. That's true. 
That's it, true. It's, it's no, no different than if you look at the stock market. Somebody who is trading regularly gets taxed differently from somebody who holds investments long term. Mm. So it, it's along those same lines. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't necessarily fully agree, but I don't disagree either. I'm kind of neutral on that one personally. Uh, let's look at the, the, the conservatives here. One million new, uh, new homes in three years, more or less the same. Uh, leverage federal, federal infrastructure investments. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm not sure what that one means either. Uh, um, releasing 15% of federally owned properties for housing. That's interesting. That is, that's, yeah. That's a big commitment. Big commitment. And that, that, will, that will free up a lot, of, uh, a lot of land for the 1 million homes. No kidding. Uh, include a for Indigenous, by Indigenous strategy, incent builders and investors with tax programs. That's huge. Yep. That's huge. That's how stuff gets done right there. Yep. It's, uh, I, you know, no matter how big the pension fund is or how big the insurance fund is, it comes down to Ma and Pa Kettle have their money there and there's enough of them to make it big. So stuff like that, incentivizing uh, investors with tax programs, that's great. Uh, investigate office space conversion. That says nothing. Two-year ban on foreign non-resident investment of residential property. I don't know if that's like similar that. to that. They all have to say something similar on that one there. Uh, they're just, uh, it's a way, I mean, foreign buyers are, I think I've read a stat or somewhere around two to 3%. Yeah, it's not very big. It's not not very big, but they just... Uh, but again, it does hit that hard of Canadians. We're owned by Canadians. <laughs> so it, it's just a, a way to, how, if you slow that part down, it will, uh, or discourage that part right now, or ban it is what they're all saying. Uh, then it will just free up a few extra properties. Mm. Stress test exemption for renewing borrowers. I like that. Yeah. Uh, stress test fix for small business owners, contractors, and other non-permanent employees. I wonder what that fix means. Yeah, but I mean, from what I understand, it's it's just looking at how we can qualify them and use a common... I mean, I, I look at with... Uh, there, there are underwriters who understand how to underwrite for small businesses, but many don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's... I just look and saying put in a policy to allow for, uh, for how you can look at their stuff properly. Yeah. Uh, increase the $1 million insurable eligible cap unspecified and indexed They're pretty much the same thing. Liberal said. Yeah. They just didn't specify a number to 1.25, but they're yeah. definitely looking at to increase it. Encourage seven to 10 year terms. So that's the, the term of the mortgage. I mean, most are usually three to five year. Uh, the advantage of going seven to 10, obviously you're getting a, a longer term rate, longer, uh, longer term you're in there. The only downside with that, and if to encourage it, you've really got to make the, the longer term rates more attractive. Mm-hmm. Which are already pretty darn attractive. Uh, well, the seven to 10 aren't nearly as attractive as the, uh, the three to five. Oh, so these so, pretty much always existed. Yeah, they're they're there, but uh, but many people, especially recently, I haven't looked at them. I've only had, in my years, I've only had one client who uh, put into a ten-year term, and I actually spent a lot of the time trying to talk them out of it. I said, "Here are the reasons why it doesn't make any sense." Mm-hmm. And if they'd listened, they would have been way further ahead. But uh, but it is what it is. <laughs> but but they were ultra conservative, and hey, they that's what they wanted. They wanted they wanted to lock in. They wanted to know what things were. Yeah. 
Uh, Re-implement housing first approach. No idea what that is. $325 million over three years to uh, create 100 or 1,000 residential drug treatment beds and 50 recovery community centers across Canada. Yeah, so th- those are dealing with the miscellaneous thing. So yeah, that's te- not te- really... technically a little bit because it had something about beds in it. That's probably why it got, ca- got yeah. caught in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that didn't have a whole lot to do with what we're talking about. Uh, NDP, 500,000 affordable units over 10 years, 50% in five. So basically way under what the other guys are saying. Well, keep in mind that the NDP, they're talking affordable units, not just new houses. Oh, fair, fair, fair. Uh, create a fast start fund to streamline project startups. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, dedicate federal resources and lands. Nothing specified. Away with the federal GST on construction on affordable rental units. That could save developers a buttload of money. Yeah. Uh, 20% but, but foreign I, buyers I, tax. Again, going back, it's, it's emphasis on the affordable. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is challenging to build nowadays. Yeah, it's the, the <laughs> af- affordable rental units. It doesn't say affordable. Oh, it does, I guess. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Uh, 20% foreign buyers tax on non-citizens, non-permanent residents. Yeah. Uh, 30-year amortization for first-time home buyers. We talked about this actually last week. Yep. That one's an interesting one. I like yep. that one. Easier co-ownership funding through CMHC. Co-ownership? Co-ownership. So yes, that, would be, that would be uh, two people who are kind of non-related, non-buying a property together. So two, two friends, not necessarily a couple, but just okay. two friends who just, hey, it makes, and the way things are going for young people, buying a property together for young people, just, hey, it's two friends. Let's both get into the market together. Yeah. I'll live in the basement. You live upstairs kind of thing. Yeah, or or even just hey, it's a two bedroom, it's a two bedroom apartment or two bedroom condo. You live in one room, I live in the other room. We share the expenses, and then at some later date, we'll choose to sell the property. And what we've made, we we split. That's a good strategy. Yeah, gets gets you into the market, helps you build the equity. So so you can so a few years later, you can get into a place on your own or with somebody who you are in a relationship with. <laughs> uh, beneficial ownership registry. We talked yep. about that additional yep. anti-fraud money laundering, double the home buyer's tax credit. So that, that's along the lines of what the, uh, the liberals spoke about in their thing. Okay. Block Quebecois. All right. This one should be interesting. <laughs> uh, recommendation 1% of, of total revenues be allocated toward affordable and social community and affordable housing initiatives. I don't know how to- uh, total revenues of what I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the country all surplus federal property should be used for this purpose. Don't disagree. Uh, mend the NHS. What's that? National housing something supply. I'm not sure. Amend the NHS funding to support NPOs and add cooperative and NPOs and ad cooperatives acquire private market properties from conversion into social community and affordable homes. I don't like that at all. And of course, the, the next two things I'm just looking at, it's specific to Quebec. Oh, 
Well, see, I told you to be interested. Create a Quebec-specific <laughs> home ownership regime to account for unique and increasingly prevalent alternative ownership models. And ensure Quebec receives equitable share for funding for homelessness. Sure. Green Party, not released yet. All right. There you have it. We just ran through everything that all these guys are standing on. Jonathan, which one do you like the most? Uh, now you're, you're asking me to disclose politics here. No, no, I'm not. I'm actually asking you to make an unbiased. If you didn't know whose parties was what, which one would you choose? I'll, I'll just go through the, uh, the, the parts I really like. So increasing the, increasing the, uh, the insurability over a million dollars. Okay, so we got been, liberal been, and conservative uh, say that. Yeah, a, f- a few policy, policy, uh, parties talked about that one there. Um, uh, obviously, the increase in housing, which all the parties have spoken about to some extent. Mm-hmm. I do actually like the uh, the the tax free first time savings account. That is an interesting one right there. Yeah. Although you know, I look at that and start thinking about when they clawed back the uh, what they put into or what Canadians could put into their tax free savings accounts. The first year that uh, Trudeau was elected, it went from ten grand to five grand. Yeah. So they're just giving you your stuff back. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what you weren't able to save tax free last year. <laughs> I, I, I like I like using federal federal lands to uh, to increase the or just to meet the housing initiatives that have been put forward, mm-hmm. uh, and to make that happen, the incentivizing builders with tax with uh, tax programs that I think is key right there. And investors, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's huge. I mean, <clears throat> she'd be. There's a lot of things that we could strike off of all of these because they all kind of cancel each other out. Um, I would have to say personally, it's very close between the liberals and the conservatives, but I, I, I don't like uh, the tax on the REITs. That one is yeah, that's I, a I, big no for me. Just because that ends up hurting Canadian investors, which doesn't help anything and is going to increase supply or increase demand and lessen supply and all those things. Stuff you really got to think about with all of this. Um, Very interesting. Like there's a lot of food for thought. And I think two of these parties have really put a lot of thought into it, which is really I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that from both parties. The other ones definitely brush up a little more. Hey, I mean, it is what it is, man. These are extremely important issues for Canadians moving forward, especially considering like how much of our, our GDP depends on the, a stable housing market. And the fact that we do have a stable housing market compared to other parts of the world. 2008 happened and it, you know, we felt some of the waves, but we didn't get the tsunami, you know? Yeah. Anyhow, Jonathan, anything you want to wrap this up with? I think we did a good job covering this. Very think, informative, very I, uh, unbiased for the most I part. Think- I think we did a good job and I'll just say, obviously, as we are moving into the election in what about three weeks time, uh, take, take the time and really if look at what issues are important to you. If housing is something you really view as very, being very important, look at the party's platform, look, look at what they're saying. Obviously we've gone through things here, but do your own research uh, so you can make an informed decision when you go to vote. Yeah. Uh, number one thing to me is vote. 
I, you know, if, if the people who are upset about last election didn't vote, they don't have a say in it. You know what I mean? That that's yep. the stuff that kind of upsets me. I've, I've had so many people ah, crying about this, crying about that. Well, did you vote? No, it doesn't do anything anyhow. Oh, this conversation is over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you do, whoever you vote for, go vote. That's, you know, one of our, our democratic rights and freedoms. And we've certainly seen that taken away from part of the world recently in the news. So that's one of the things that I'm always proud for. I, I thank my, my grandfathers who fought in the Second World War for, uh, for allowing us to have that, that freedom still in our lives, you know? It's, uh, I get a little choked up every time I vote. If you can't tell, I'm getting a little choked up now. I walk in there and, it, hey, man, that's, that, that's, that's what makes this country great is our ability to go into and do that without being influenced or, or um, threatened or, or forced to do anything. It's a pretty freaking amazing thing that we do. And especially with the Internet now, there's so much information is available. Yeah. So, list, I mean, follow the news follow, and and figure out which issues are important to you and uh, and do your research to figure out, you know what, who really stands for the issues that yes. are important to you. Yes. Yes. That's the thing is, is go by the issues. Don't worry about the, the person running it. Although, you know we don't necessarily want the wrong person running it, but then those issues are, are everything as long as they make and keep those campaign promises, of course, because goodness knows politicians have never lied. <laughs> Anyhow, Jonathan, on that note, uh, makes me proud to be a Canadian. Thank you, sir, for your time. I always appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Uh, we do hope you get there out there and vote. We do hope that you're involved in the issues and making this country the incredible country that it is and making so many people around the world want to come here. If you want to learn more about Jonathan and I, you can certainly download our free book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Uh, you can certainly join our meetup group on meetup.com, the investment property income meetup, or find our podcast on all of the major places out there please drop us a like when you do subscriptions we always appreciate those things jonathan thank you so much for your time i appreciate every moment i get to spend with you thank you for listening have a fantastic day and we'll see you soon <laughs>